Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 213. Today we are going to be looking again at the book of Ezekiel as well as the book of John. And in so doing, we'll see God condemning again and bringing judgment on the people in Ezekiel, but also warnings of condemnation from John chapter 3 in the same sentences all around Jesus being described as the one, the Son of God, who came into the world to bring new life, to bring salvation. And so we'll see this connection between condemnation and salvation as it plays out in our passages today. Let's begin with Ezekiel chapter 7. The Lord's message came to me, Ezekiel. You, son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says to the land of Israel. An end, the end is coming on the four corners of the land. The end is now upon you, and I will release my anger against you. I will judge you according to your behavior. I will hold you accountable for all your abominable practices. My eye will not pity you. I will not spare you, for I will hold you responsible for your behavior, and you will suffer the consequences of your abominable practices. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. A disaster, a one-of-a-kind disaster is coming. An end comes. The end comes. It has awakened against you. Look, it is coming. Doom is coming upon you who live in the land. The time is coming. The day is near. There are sounds of tumult, not shouts of joy on the mountains. Soon, now I will pour out my rage on you. I will fully vent my anger against you. I will judge you according to your behavior. I will hold you accountable for all your abominable practices. My eye will not pity you. I will not spare you. For your behavior will... I will hold you accountable, and you will suffer the consequences of your abominable practices. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who is striking you. Look, the day, look, it is coming. Doom has gone out. The staff has budded. Pride has blossomed. Violence has grown into a staff that supports wickedness. Not one of them will be left, not from their crowd, not from their wealth, not from their prominence. The time has come. The day has struck. The customer should not rejoice, nor the seller mourn, for divine wrath comes against their whole crowd. The customer will no longer pay the seller while both parties are alive, for the vision against their whole crowd will not be revoked. Each person for his iniquity will fail to preserve his life. They have blown the trumpet and everyone is ready, but no one goes to the battle, because my anger is against their whole crowd. The sword is outside, pestilence and famine are inside the house. Whoever is in the open field will die by the sword, and famine and pestilence will consume everyone in the city. Their survivors will escape to the mountains and become like doves of the valleys. All of them will moan, each one for his iniquity. All their hands will hang limp, their knees will be wet with urine, they will wear sackcloth, terror will overcome them. Shame will be on all their faces, and all their heads will be shaved bald. They will discard their silver in the streets, and their gold will be treated like filth. Their silver and gold will not be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's fury. They will not satisfy their hunger or fill their stomachs because their wealth was the obstacle leading to their iniquity. 
They rendered the beauty of his ornaments into pride, and with it they made their abominable images, their detestable idols. Therefore I will render it filthy to them. I will give it to foreigners as loot, to the world's wicked ones as plunder, and they will desecrate it. I will turn my face away from them, and they will desecrate my treasured place. Vandals will enter it and desecrate it. Make the chain because the land is full of murder and city is full of violence. I will bring the most wicked of the nations and they will take possession of their houses. I will put an end to the arrogance of the strong and their sanctuaries will be deserted. Terror is coming. They will seek peace but find none. Disaster after disaster will come and one rumor after another. They will seek a vision from a prophet. Priestly instruction will disappear along with counsel from the elders. The king will mourn and the prince will be clothed with shuddering. The hands of the people of the land will tremble. Based on their behavior, I will deal with them, and by their standard of justice, I will judge them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. In the sixth year, in the sixth month, and the fifth of the month, as I was sitting in my house with the elders of Judah sitting in front of me, the hand of the sovereign Lord seized me. As I watched, I noticed a form that appeared to be a man. From his waist downward was something like fire, and from his waist upward something like the brightness, like a glowing uh, amber glow. He stretched out in the form of a hand and grabbed me by the lock of my hair on my head. Then a wind lifted me up between the earth and the sky and brought me to Jerusalem by divine visions, to the door of the inner gate that faces north where the statue that provokes jealousy was located. Then I perceived that the the glory of the God of Israel was there, as in the vision I had seen earlier in the valley. He said to me, Son of man, look toward the north. So I looked up toward the north, and I noticed to the north of the altar gate was this statue of jealousy at the entrance. He said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations that the people of Israel are practicing here to drive me far from my sanctuary? But you will see greater abominations than these. He brought me to the entrance of the court, and as I watched, I noticed a hole in the wall. He said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall and discovered a doorway. He said to me, Go in and see the evil abominations they are practicing here. So I went in and I looked. I noticed every figure of creeping thing and beast detestable images and every idol of the house of Israel engraved on the wall all around. Seventy men from the elders of the house of Israel, with Jazaniah, the son of Japan, standing among them, were standing in front of them, each with a censer in his hand, and fragrant vapors from a cloud of incense were swirling upward. He said to me, Do you see, son of man, what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the dark, each in the chamber of his idolatrous images? For they think, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has abandoned the land. He said to me, You will see them practicing even greater abominations. Then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the Lord's house. I noticed women sitting there weeping for Tammuz. He said to me, Do you see this, son of man? You will see even greater abominations than these. Then he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house. Right there, at the entrance of the Lord's temple, between the porch and the altar, there were about twenty-five men with their backs to the Lord's temple, facing east. They were worshipping the sun toward the east. He said to me, Do you see, son of man? Is it a trivial thing that the house of Judah commits these abominations they are practicing here? For they have filled the land with violence and provoked me to anger still further. Look, they are putting the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will act with fury. My eye will not pity them, nor will I spare them. 
when they have shouted in my ears, I will not listen to them. Then he shouted in my ears, Approach, you who are to visit destruction on the city, each with his destructive weapon in his hand. Next, I noticed six men coming from the direction of the upper gate that faces north, each with his war club in his hand. Among them was a man dressed in linen with a writing kit at his side. They came and stood beside the bronze altar. Then the glory of the God of Israel went up from the cherub where it had rested to the threshold of the temple. He called to the man dressed in linen who had the writing kit at his side. The Lord said to him, Go through the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of the people who moan and groan over all the abominations practiced in it. While I listened, he said to the others, Go through the city after him and strike people down. Do not let your eye pity nor spare anyone. Old men, young men, young women, little children and women, wipe them out. But do not touch anyone who has the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were at the front of the temple. He said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courtyards with corpses. Go. So they went out and struck people down throughout the city. While they were striking them down, I was left alone, and I threw myself face down and cried, Ah, sovereign Lord, will you destroy the entire remnant of Israel when you pour out your fury on Jerusalem? He said to me, The sin of the house of Israel and Judah is extremely great. The land is full of murder, and the city is full of corruption. For they say, The Lord has abandoned the land, and the Lord does not see. But as for me, my eye will not pity them, nor will I spare them. I hereby repay them for what they have done. Next I noticed the man dressed in linen with the writing kit at his side, bringing back word, I have done just as God you commanded me. And we'll leave uh, Ezekiel there. Uh, These visions he's having of God's judgment coming on the people are stark, they're real, they're powerful. And it tells us how truly God does want to bring true justice, and he condemns those who are unwilling to do what he says is right and good, who worship false idols and false gods, who do not give life, who are bringing disaster on the people and on all their families and all their nation. And God's judgment is real and true. And at the same time, as we turn now to John 3, we'll read about God's mercy and his grace, but not apart from his condemnation. And so I want you to see, even though we're going to read some of the most famous words in John chapter 3 that are in the Bible, the words that come right after them tell us about the condemnation that is on people unless they are saved by God through Jesus. And so let's read from John 3 and see how that works together. John chapter 3. Now a certain man, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus replied, I tell you the solemn truth, unless a person is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb and be born a second time, can he? Jesus answered, I tell you this this solemn truth. Unless a person is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows wherever it will, and you hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus replied, How can these things be? Jesus answered, 
Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you don't understand these things? I tell you the solemn truth. We speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you people do not accept our testimony. If I have told you people about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For this is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not condemned. The one who does not believe has been condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Now this is the basis for judging, that the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil deeds hates the light and does not come to the light so that their deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light so that it may be plainly evident that his deeds have been done in God. After this, Jesus and his disciples came into Judean territory, and there he spent time with them and was baptizing. John was also baptizing at the Anon near Salim because water was plentiful there, and people were coming to him and being baptized, for John had not yet been thrown in prison. Now a dispute came about between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew concerning ceremonial washing. So they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, the one who is with you at the other side of the Jordan, about whom you testified, see, he is baptizing, and everyone is flocking to him. John replied, No one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Christ, but rather I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, who stands by and listens for him, rejoices greatly when he hears the bridegroom's voice. This, then, is my joy, and it is complete. He must become more important while I become less important. The one who comes from above is superior to all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks about earthly things. The one who comes from heaven is superior to all. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has confirmed clearly that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he does not give the Spirit sparingly. The Father loves the Son and has placed all things under his authority. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life, but God's wrath remains on him. And there we have that same combination, God's grace and mercy shown to those who believe in Jesus, those who reject him, who refuse to believe in him. God's wrath remains on him. They remain condemned already, as was said earlier. And so we have this important news to share, this important news of Jesus's love and grace that is offering to us that we need to receive and turn to him and put our trust in him. Because apart from Jesus, we remain in God's wrath, 
we remain people who are condemned because only in Jesus and by Jesus' work done for us can we find true salvation and eternal life because of Jesus and all that he has done. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-